This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. That's Johnny Horton singing his famous or infamous tune, The Battle of New Orleans. It trumpets America's victory in 1812. However, here in Canada, we believe we won that war. So in that spirit, we'll hear a Canadian band's response. And with events marking that war's 200th anniversary all summer, we'll hear the real story of the conflict from the Canadian War Museum's Peter McLeod. Whether you're traveling to see 1812 battle sites or going further afield, we'll have important information on out-of-province health coverage. If you're traveling for two weeks, just get a two-week policy. If you travel more frequently during the year or if you're a snowbird, certainly the extended stay or the one-year policy is a good option, and many of our members take that. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. South of the border, a congressional report is warning that the United States faces an unprecedented number of aging baby boomers with mental health or substance use issues, and there aren't enough specialized health professionals to treat them. The report says 8 million older Americans, or 20% of the current senior population, already suffer from conditions like depression, at-risk drinking, or dementia. The numbers are expected to grow, and as boomers age, studies show that their use of illicit drugs will continue. Older people metabolize both alcohol and drugs differently, putting them at risk for overdoses. And medications to treat mental health issues may not react well with other drugs for conditions like high blood pressure or diabetes. Meanwhile, there's more evidence about the benefits of moderate drinking. A new study suggests drinking one or two alcoholic beverages several times a week may improve the bone health of older women and reduce their risk for osteoporosis. The researchers believe moderate alcohol intake may slow bone loss. The Wall Street Journal has revealed the identity of the man who bought Edvard Munch's iconic painting, The Scream. It's Zoomer billionaire Leon Black, chairman and founder of the buyout shop Apollo Global Management. He apparently paid about $120 million for it. Forbes magazine lists his worth as $3.4 billion. One of the world's great actors is bowing out forever. Peter O'Toole is retiring from show business, saying it's time to chuck in the sponge. O'Toole turns 80 on August 2nd. He says his career has fulfilled him emotionally and financially and put him in the company of fine people. But he's bidding the actor's life a dry-eyed farewell. O'Toole holds the record for Oscar futility, never winning on any of his eight nominations. But he was awarded an honorary Oscar in 2003. Here's some of what he had to say then. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. My foot. (laughs) I have my very own Oscar now to be with me till death us do part. I would wish 
The Academy to know that I am as delighted as I am honored. Those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. I'm Libby Zneimer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Take a look around the province this summer and you'll find dozens of events marking the 200th anniversary of the War of 1812. Many Canadians believe we were victorious and it was instrumental in making us a nation. South of the border, many Americans also believe they won the war. I'm here with Peter McLeod of the Canadian War Museum. He's just written a book, Four Wars of 1812, that says there was an American war, a Canadian war, a British war, and a Native American war. Well, I think the War of 1812 speaks to Canadians because it concerns our relationship with the United States. And it's a very friendly relationship right now, but it's also very, very important to us. It's one of the events that defines us as Canadians and answers one of the big questions about Canada. Why are we Canadians and not Americans? Well, that seems to be a central part of Canadian identity. Yes, it's a friendly relationship, but a lot of it is we're not Americans. That's true. But uh, I just think the question of why is fascinating. By any sort of logic, we should be Northern Americans and not Canadians. Instead, we're a very proud, independent country. And how does the War of 1812 explain or answer that? Well, for the War of 1812, it gets down to the very basic elements. Are we going to be part of the United States or continue as part of the British Empire? As it happened, we continued in the British Empire and eventually uh, became the Dominion of Canada and finally the independent country of Canada. However, if the war had gone another way, if the United States had conquered Canada, if Britain had decided to cede Canada to the United States in the peace, then we would all be Americans. I'd work for the Northern American War Museum, not the Canadian War Museum, and our exhibit wouldn't be called 1812. It would be called the Canadian War of Liberation. What does the war mean for Canadians? Canadians were attacked by Americans. Well, that's right. Well, at the War Museum and in the book Four Wars of 1812, we, we look at the war from four different perspectives. And from the Canadian point of view, the war is all about being invaded with the United States. And this is why we're so absolutely convinced that we won, because the Americans invade but then they go away, and we're still here. Well, that's right. That is an interesting thing, because until I delved a little further in this, I also thought we won the War of 1812, but, but we didn't really. It was kind of a draw. Oh, I would say Canadians won the War of 1812, absolutely. We won it just by surviving. Now, what makes it so interesting, and which is why we decided to tell four stories instead of one, is the Americans think they won too. <laughs> and they think they won because they see the war as a larger conflict against the British Empire, of which invading Canada is only a part. So as far as they're concerned, they're asserting their independence and their sovereignty. And as far as they're concerned, they succeed, and therefore they win. Now, even people who uh, are concerned with these sort of lofty questions probably don't know what started the War of 1812, and it was this whole question, a very old-fashioned word, impressment. Impressment, yes. Impressment is forcibly recruiting sailors and forcing them to join the Navy, in this case, the Royal Navy. The British ignored American sovereignty. They would board American ships, including an American warship, take off anyone they thought was British, and impress or force them to join the Royal Navy. And, of course, the Americans were furious. At the same time, the British are at war with Napoleon at France. And to weaken the French, they're waging economic warfare and forcing American ships trading with France to stop at Britain and pay British customs duties before going on to France. 
another major infringement on American sovereignty. Sounds like the Americans had pretty good cause. They did, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as far as the British are concerned, they're fighting a war for survival. And beating the French is more important than conciliating the Americans. But the Americans certainly have legitimate grievances. And they attack Canada basically because it was close, right here. Because it's there, yes. They come to Canada believing it's going to be a walkover. Former President Thomas Jefferson famously writes that taking Canada will be a mere matter of marching. All the Americans have to do is show up, wave the flag. All the American-born settlers in Canada will join them. The war will be over in a week. Instead, they manage to alienate practically everybody. Uh, Canadians play a major role in defending Canada as members of the militia and members of locally raised Canadian regiments. Uh, Canadian First Peoples join with the British allies, join the war. And in the end, the Americans continually find themselves booted out of Canada. Now, let's talk about the First Peoples, because the First Nations fought on the Canadian side, not just here in Canada, but also American First Peoples, because they were trying to defend themselves against the encroachment of American West. Exactly. Uh, Tecumthe, the Shawnee, Shawnee war chief, who has become a Canadian national hero, feels, along with many others, that the American-British war is their opportunity. They can join as allies of the British and gain British support for their own war to defend their homelands against the American encroachment. And is that what happened? That, that's what happens, and uh, led by Tecumthe, uh, Native Americans play a major role in defending Upper Canada, but even with British support, they haven't got the muscle to roll back the American frontier or set up an independent Native state. So in the end, the war is a disaster for them. A lot of uh, Natives, they, they felt quite betrayed after the war. They thought that they didn't get what they should have received. And they had cause. It's uh, generally agreed the British walk away from their allies after the war, and particularly from their Native American allies. They do try at the peace conference to secure Native American rights, but they simply don't have the power. They haven't beaten the Americans that badly. They haven't beaten the Americans at all, and they can't force them to abandon parts of what what were then part of the United States in American eyes and hand them back over to the Native population. What led to the end of the war and uh, the Treaty of Ghent? Well, by 1814, both the Americans and the British had realized that this war was not taking them anywhere they wanted to go. And they began to negotiate in Ghent in Belgium because that's that's a neutral site. And by Christmas, they've signed a peace, which basically agrees, let's go back. Everything goes back the way it was before, and we'll negotiate over a few boundary disputes. After suffering how much on both sides, or on all four sides? Overall, it's an estimated death, death rate is about 35,000. Wow. That's, uh, inclu- that's uh, death, deaths in action, and also deaths from disease and starvation. So it's, it's a very serious war. So uh, was it worth it for anyone? No. Well, <laughs> it's worth it for Canada, insofar as we still exist. It's uh, as important to us in its way as the American Re- Revolution is to Americans. In, a, in the sense of defi- helping to define us uh, as a separate, independent country. Okay. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Peter McLeod is the pre-Confederation historian at the Canadian War Museum in Ottawa. Their exhibit on the War of 1812 continues until January of next year. In 1814, we took a little trip along with Colonel Jackson down to mighty Mississippi. Zoomer Radio listeners will know that famous song about the War of 1812, It's Johnny Horton's Battle of New Orleans. I'll have more on that and a dueling ditty by a Canadian band later. But whether you're traveling to see old battle sites or newer attractions, 
We'll have critical information about travel health insurance when we come back. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review. It's prime time for summer travel, but your dream holiday can quickly turn into a nightmare if you don't have proper health insurance. Eric Vengroff, CARP's VP of Benefits and General Managers, has the details. Eric, what do Zoomers need to know? When you travel out of your province, the coverage varies according to each different province, or especially if you're traveling into the States, there's no coverage at all. So I think it's important for people to have uh, make sure they're properly insured and have a travel insurance plan with them. Sometimes you have it on your credit card, right? Sometimes, but most of the credit card plans do not extend travel insurance past the age of 65. So if uh, for some of our older members, if they're traveling, they should have checked their credit card insurance, uh, check if they're still working, if they have coverage with their employer. But if they don't have any of those things, they should look into an out-of-province medical insurance. Can you get it just a short-term one if you're planning a short holiday, or do you have to get a year's worth of coverage, and how much does it cost? Uh, well, uh, the the cost varies according to uh, your age and stage and your, your medical history. So there, I don't think there's any generalities that we should apply there. If you're traveling for two weeks, just get a two-week policy. If you travel more frequently during the year or if you're a snowbird, certainly the extended stay or the one-year policy is a good option, and many of our members take that. We have over 40,000 of our members that typically take about a one-year the one-year policy. I'm sure that people are often surprised by what's covered and what's not. So, mm-hmm. so what do you have to look at? when you look at these various options? People have to understand their medical history, and if they don't, they need to get that information. So that's the key, because if you either on purpose or inadvertently say anything wrong when you're writing down your medical history, they can deny your claim. Even if the accident or the incident that happened to you may be unrelated or you think it's unrelated to your medical condition. Because what you're doing is you're signing a legal document when you sign those travel insurance forms. Okay, so who can help you fill out those forms? I know I, for instance, I hate filling out forms. Yes, and, and, and many of our members are in exactly the same situation. So what we offer is a great service. It's a, it's a, you call a toll-free number, and you speak to a licensed insurance agent, and they help you with the forms, including uh, – and, 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 and you need not be afraid of any pre-existing medical condition because there's insurance out there for you too, even if you have a pre-existing medical condition like – like heart disease, like diabetes. You just have to disclose it. You have to disclose what your conditions are, what medications you're on, and the insurance policy adjusts the, the price accordingly. Now, yes, the price will likely go up, but you have to weigh that against the, the possibility, even though you, you may think it's remote, uh, of facing a, a huge medical bill, particularly if you're traveling to the U.S. Uh, you're most vulnerable when you travel to the U.S. because everything there is cash up front and uh, the big bills accrue. If you don't have insurance, you're, you can be facing if, with a heart attack, for example. We've heard people come back with bills of $100,000, $300,000 and have no way of uh, satisfying those claims. So for CARP members, that service, helping them fill it out properly is available. Um, Is the insurance discounted or is it a special group rate? Yes. In fact, starting in August, the early bird season for travel insurance happens for 2012, 2013. That's correct. Oh, so if you buy it in August, it starts in September. Yes. Travel insurance really starts in the fall. You call during business hours, you can get your membership number issued to you immediately, and then you can call for your insurance. Okay. Eric Vengroff, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. 
To join CARP, call toll-free 1-800-363-9736 or go to carp.ca. Meanwhile, if you're deciding what to do on that trip, here's a new feature from Jane Brown, the International Arts Datebook, tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. In New York City, after many delays and injuries back in 2010, Spider-Man has become one of Broadway's most popular shows. And you said, rise Produced by Toronto's Michael Cole, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark continues its run at Foxwoods Theatre on West 42nd Street. Over at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Costume Institute explores the affinities between two great Italian designers. Scaparelli and Prada Impossible Conversations continues until August 19th. To London, England. When he was 30 years old, Mick Jagger said he would rather die than be 45 and still singing Satisfaction. 50 years of the Rolling Stones is celebrated with an exhibition of photographs at Somerset House. While at the opening, Mick Jagger reflected on the milestone. It's interesting to think that you've been doing it for for this long and then we're here now in London together where we started out, which I think is kind of fun. And... um, you know, so I think that it's good to mark it as long as you don't wallow in it. The Stones' first concert together was at the Marquee Club in London 50 years ago this past Thursday. And in Italy, the Como Festival combines jazz and symphonic music with ballet and musicals. I'm Jane Brown. That's this week's International Arts Datebook. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Zneimer. In 1814, we took a little trip along with Colonel Jackson down to mighty Mississippi. We took a little bacon and we took a little beans and we caught the bloody British in a town in New Orleans. We fired our guns and the British kept a-coming. There wasn't as many as there was a while ago. We fired once more and they began to run it on down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico. That, of course, is Johnny Horton's Battle of New Orleans, America's musical version of the War of 1812. Zoomer Radio listeners will be very familiar with it because it's on our playlist, even though it has a distinctly American slant. And the British government actually made a formal complaint about it when it came out in 1959. You'll be happy to know there's a Canadian counterpart to this song. It emphasizes Canadian victories in the war and especially the burning of the White House. With most Canadian apologies to our American friends, here's The War of 1812 by Three Dead Trolls in a Baggie. Oh, come back proud Canadians to before you had TV. No hockey night in Canada. There was no CBC. Oh my God! In 1812, Madison was mad. He was the president, you know. Well, he thought he'd tell the British where they ought to go. He thought he'd invade Canada. 
He thought that he was tough. Instead, we went to Washington and burned down all his stuff in the White House. Burn, 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 and we're the ones that did it. It burned, 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 while the president ran and cried. It burned, 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 and things were very historical. And the Americans ran and cried like a bunch of little babies. Wah, 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 in the War of 1812. Past hillbillies from Kentucky, dressed in green and red, left home to fight in Canada, but they returned home dead. It's the only war the Yankees lost, except for Vietnam. And also the Alamo. Right. And the Bay of Ham. The loser was America, the winner was ourselves. So join right in and gloat about the War of 1812 in the White House. Burn, 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 and we're the ones that did it. It burn, 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 while the president ran and cried. It burn, 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 and things were very historical. And the Americans ran and cried like a bunch of little babies. Wah, 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 in the War of 1812. In 1812, we were just sitting around, minding our own business, putting crops into the ground. We heard the soldiers coming, and we didn't like that sound. So we took a boat to Washington and burned it to the ground. Oh, we fired our guns, but the Yankees kept it coming. There wasn't quite as many as there was a while ago. We fired once more, and the Yankees started running down the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico. Whoa, 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 whoa. was three dead trolls in a baggie singing their version of the War of 1812. And that's it for this edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. See you next Sunday at noon here on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.